Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We have been in a series called Start, and, uh, and I think this is like week five of that series. We've been talking about faith and what it means to have an adult-based faith. You know, a lot of people uh, grew up with a certain amount of faith, a certain amount of belief, a certain amount of maybe religion given to them from their family, from their church, maybe from their friends. Maybe some of you just cobbled it together over time. You made it up as you went along. But as a result, we have a certain level of faith. Um, so we've been talking about you know, how, what it means to have a faith for, uh, for us as we get older and as we go through life. And the thing of it is, is that we find a lot of times that the faith that we have when we're a kid doesn't really translate all that well sometimes as we grow up and as we get older. So we've talked about a lot of different things. If you missed any of them, you can catch them online at thrive.church and you can get caught up to where we are. But anyhow, the question that we're going to be talking about today, it's written in your notes, it's what can wash away my sin? What can wash away my sin? Some of you sang songs like that growing up perhaps. What can wash Away my sin. This is a question, though, that everybody in life, no matter where you're from, no matter how you've been brought up, no matter what religion you were brought up in, this question is always in the back of our mind. What can wash away my sin? Maybe you don't ask it that way. Maybe you say, how can I fix my mistakes? Or, or how can I you know, not feel guilt? Or how can I not feel, feel shame in my life? But, but it all comes back to this root question of what can wash away my sin. Some people were brought up, you know, and, and, and what we kind of do to wash away our sins is we kind of would throw this little tag on at the end of our prayers, and God forgive me my sins, amen, right? And so we kind of throw that on there, or, or if you say the Lord's Prayer, you know, it's saying forgive us our debts, or forgive us our trespasses, depending on what denomination you went to, uh, forgive us our debts or trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us or as we forgive our debtors. So these are some things that we maybe have grown up saying or thinking, maybe believing, but maybe not always fully even understanding the what and the why. And the problem is, as a kid, what kind of things are you really dealing with here? Like, what kind of things are really bad as a kid? You know... Maybe there you're worried about, you know, oh, I snuck into my sister's room and she's mad and now I need to confess that. But as we get older, our sins get bigger sometimes, at least in our own mind. Instead of sneaking into your sister's room, sneaking into somebody else's room. Or, or you know, when you're a kid, you see a couple dollars left on your dad's dresser and you say, oh, oh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. It's really no big deal, but, but as we get older... You're working and at your business you see some finances that are unaccounted for. Oh, I can move this around here and I can move this around there. And I can give myself a little bonus. It starts maybe, maybe looking on your friend's paper, cheating on a couple of answers on a test. And, and then later on it comes to cheating on your taxes or something else 
along those lines. And, and as you see, as we get older, the things that we do, our sins get bigger in our mind. Now, sin is sin to God, but, but we start seeing these bad things that we've done, and we find, oh, this is hard to justify. There's that thing that you did that time. I don't, I don't know if you have something like that, where you think, there's that one thing, or that two things, or that series of things that I did that time when I was younger. I just can't quite get rid of it. And whenever you see a certain person, or you hear a certain song, or you smell a certain smell, or you go to a certain location, it brings back all of these Memories, and it all comes back. And, and some people, they try to drink it away. And some people, they try to, to medicate it away. And some people, they try to just work extra hard. Oh, if I work more, then I won't have to think about this. Some people, they just have more and more kids. They're like, then I won't be able to think about anything. You know? Some people listen to music all the time. They always have noise going on in their life. So that way, I don't have to actually think about that thing I did that time. So what can wash it away? What can make it so I don't have to think about it anymore? Or at least when I do think about it, I can be okay with it. You know, some things that we do, some mistakes that we make, as we get older, we can laugh about, right? I don't know if you have anything like that. I'll tell you one uh, that when I, when I was younger, I think, John, you might have actually been there. I don't know. My friends convinced me that it would be a good idea if I pierced my lip. Were you there for that? That was, yeah, no, no, you guys convinced me. They convinced me it would be a good idea if I, if I pierced my lip. So we learned about this thing of piercing my lip, and, and apparently none of us exactly knew how to do this quite right. And, and as we were doing this, um, I proceeded to be the brave person that I am, and I passed out, and I hit my head on the ground. Yeah. Then, later on, that because now I have a big gash on my head, to cover up my mistakes, I used cover-up, you know, makeup. And I put this makeup on my head for some I don't know why I did it. I just did it. And I went in, and my dad saw me. He's like, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, fine. He's like, what's wrong with your head? I'm like, nothing. He's like, why are you wearing makeup? <laughs> Apparently, I didn't know how to put it on quite right. And, and I said, oh, I fell and hit my head. And, and I don't know, I came up with something, and I, and I lied about it. And then, uh, then later on, I said, no, I did. And he was just like, you're dumb. So... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I mean, it was, it was something that I did, and I lied, and I tried to cover up something, and I don't know. And I can look back on that and laugh about it. But there's some things in my past, as well as I'm sure there's some things in your past, that when we look back, there's no amount of time that will ever make it funny. There, there's no amount of time that I can look back and say, oh, yeah, yeah, remember when that was such a funny thing I did. So then we try to justify it. Well, like, if I can't explain it away, if, if I feel bad, I'm just going to justify it. Well, everybody does things wrong. Nobody's perfect. I, I'm fine. You know, I have an excuse. I was too young then. I didn't, I didn't know any better back then. I was just angry. I was just 
drunk back then. I was lonely. I was broke. I, I, I just didn't know any better. But we find that it doesn't wash it away. It's this cloud that kind of follows us around. And we ask this question, can I be forgiven? What can wash away my sin? I just want it to be over with. Is there something I can do to make it go away? I, I, I can't just wish it away. But is there a way for me to, to remove it? I wish I could just hit the undo button on that period of time in my life. But I can't. You know, all religions and all faith offer some kind of solution for this. Solution to try to pay for or fix these past sins. And maybe you've tried some of those things. Maybe you think, oh, it's going to church, or it's doing good deeds for other people, or it's doing this or that. And, and, and maybe you've tried it, but you still feel like it didn't quite go away. It didn't go, it didn't wash it away. I did everything I thought I was supposed to do, but it still didn't go away. Because there's nothing you can do to make your past go away. There's nothing you can do to remove that sin. There's no amount of good that can wash away your sin. And we know that. Instinctively, we know that. We do good things. You hear, oh, do good things. And some people say, if, I, if my good things outweigh my bad things, then that's going to make me right with God. And we do all these good things. We're like, well, how do I know when I've done enough good things? And I've, I feel like I've done a lot of good things, but, but I don't know. I just don't feel, I don't feel like it's washed away. So all these different religions, they offer a solution to try to pay for past sins. But only one ever came and offered himself. Write that down. He offered himself as the solution. See, religion gives us a way maybe to deal with and cope with guilt and shame. But Jesus said, hey, hold on, guys. I know how to remove it. And let's read in John 14, 6. Jesus told him, he says, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one, no one, no one, no one come, can come to the Father except through me. See, Jesus is coming on the scene and he doesn't just have the solution. He was the solution. Jesus is saying, I am the way. You're looking for a way. You're looking for the direction. I am the way. I am the solution. And then we, we are now faced with this fork in the road because all the religions of the world, they look at Jesus and they say, he was a great prophet. He was a great prophet. He was a wise man. But, but how can that be? How could a, a great prophet make a claim such as this? You never heard the prophet Muhammad making a claim such as this. You never heard the prophets in the Old Testament making such a claim as this. Saying, I am the only way. With the question of, is he a liar? Is he telling a lie here? And if he's a liar, he's a prophet. Is he a lunatic? Oh, we've met people before that think they're God, right? What do we do with them? We bring them to the, you know... 
the, what, what do they call it now? Behavioral health or whatever, you know? We, we bring, you know, you say you're God, we're going to put you away somewhere. So is he a liar, is he a lunatic, or as C.S. Lewis says, or is he the Lord? And that's a question that we all have to face because we can't just say that he's a prophet. He didn't have the solution, he was the solution. See, trying to remove our own sin is like trying to, to remove cancer by washing your hands. It's like you find, oh, sorry, sir, you've been diagnosed with cancer. I know how to fix this. And you go and you start washing your hands, washing your hands, washing your hands. Well, what good is that going to do? See, when we try to clean up our sin by just doing good deeds, when we try to, to get right with God doing good things, it's all it is is it's like washing our hands trying to get rid of cancer. See, just being good is trying to fix an internal problem with an external solution. You're trying to fix something inside with something outside, and it's never going to work. What do you need if you're going to fix something inside? What do you need if you have cancer inside? What do you need? You need a surgeon. You need someone to come in that can remove that internal problem. Someone that knows how to fix it. You're not going to be able to fix this problem on your own. And what we need is that we need spiritual surgery. We say, I, I can fix this problem. I know what I'll do. I'll do some good things for people. That'll fix the problem. Oh, it's great to wash your hands. We should all wash our hands, but that's not going to fix the problem. Just like doing good deeds won't fix the problem of sin in our life. So, we read that a man shows up on the scene. His name was John. John the Baptist we know him as. John the Baptist shows up on the scene, and, and, and he's a crazy man. Like, he's crazy. He's, like, wearing animal skins, and he's eating, he, he's eating locusts, you know, like, like grasshoppers. Like, that's what he eats, and, and wild honey, and he's out there living in the wilderness. This guy's crazy, and he starts, starts preaching out there in the and guess what people do? People flood to see him. All of Jerusalem and Judea, Scripture says, go out to the wilderness to see this person preaching out there. He was crazy. He was mentioned in all four of the Gospels. He was mentioned in the works of Josephus. And he was also mentioned in the Quran. This is an actual person that actually lived. He's a real guy. So the religious leaders decided to investigate it. They said, maybe this guy is the Messiah. So they go out and they wait in line. You know, he's baptizing people. He's baptizing people. And, and this is kind of an interesting thing that he's doing. Because, well, they all knew what baptism was. Because back then, if you wanted to be a Jew and you weren't a Jew, one of the steps in the process was that you had to undergo a baptism where you would get submerged. And that symbolized washing away your past beliefs and now lying. Jewish faith. There was a bunch of other things you had to do too, but that was one of the things that you had to do. It was called the mikvah. And that was one of the things that they had to do. They had to, to go through this baptism. Here's John the Baptist, and he starts dunking people. And they're not doing anything else. They're just coming to him and dunking him. And these are good Jewish people. And I'm like, what, what are you dunking him? He said, repent of your sins and be baptized. And he's baptizing them. Baptizing. People are lining up. Hey, hey, you cut in line there. I'm next. You know, I waited all day for this. And here's the, the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees. They, they're waiting in line. They ask him if he is the Messiah. 
They ask him, who are you? Are you the Messiah? And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not the Messiah. I need, I need a volunteer. Will you help me? Okay, come here. Just put this on. It's a little heavy. There you go. You got that? A little heavy? Okay, you can just turn around. You just stand right here. Yeah, there you go. Just, just hang out there for a few minutes. Okay, thanks. In John chapter 1, 26, John told him, he says, I baptize with water. But right here in the crowd is someone you don't recognize. Now, I don't know. Literally right here, there's a guy standing over there and you don't recognize him. I don't know if he was actually there or not. But he says, right here in the crowd is someone you don't recognize. And through though his ministry blows mine, John the Baptist goes on to say, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He said, you don't know him. You've never seen him. You might have seen him, but you didn't recognize him. He doesn't stand out. And you think I'm something. You think my preaching's good. You think I'm somebody special. You just wait, because I'm not even worthy to untie this guy's shoes. I'm not even worthy to be his slave. You doing okay? Okay, good. <laughs> Skip down a couple of verses to verse 29. It says, the next day, so maybe Jesus was actually there. I don't know. But the next day, John saw Jesus coming down. And listen to what John says. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look, the Lamb of God. I can imagine everybody's looking around. What? Somebody brought a lamb? Like, where's the lamb? Like, why did somebody bring a lamb to a baptism? And, and, and around for a lamb. They don't know what he's talking about. He's like, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's saying here, God sent a lamb to take away the sins of the world. See, the Jews had been spending the last 1,500 years taking innocent lambs and killing them to cover sin. Whenever they did something wrong, whenever they felt guilt, and whenever they felt shame, they would take a lamb and would kill it and drain its blood. And, and, and they would do this. Now, there's no way a dead animal can clean your sins. There's no way a dead animal can forgive you. But it was the closest thing they could, they could do. It was the closest thing. They, they knew something bad happened when I sinned. And it wasn't a mistake. And we talked about the difference of a mistake and a sin. It's not just a mistake when you plan to do it, and when you do it over and over again. And they see the severity of this. They say, oh, something has to pay, and I don't want to die, so I'm going to kill this lamb. Instead, something, someone has to pay. So they killed this animal, but it didn't, didn't really work. That, that word there, takes away. Those two words, takes away. You doing okay? Yep. Getting a little happy? Okay, good. <laughs> lamb of God who takes away. Those words, takes away, is actually one word, and it's written there in your notes. It's the Greek word iro. Everyone, iro. Iro. Learn a Greek word today. And this means, listen to what it says. It means to take away from another and carry off. To take away from another and carry off. To take away from another. Here, let's unclip this. To take away from another. Feel better now? Yep. And to carry it off. To carry Get a hand. So... I took it away, and I carried it off. I took the weight that was on you, and I carried it off. And here's John saying, look, the lamb.
Lamb of God who takes away and carries off the sin of the world. He's carrying off the sin of the whole world. This is Jewish sin He's carrying off. This is Roman sin that He's carrying off. This is American sin that He's carrying off. This is your sin that He's carrying off. This is my sin that He's carrying off. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away. He takes it on Himself. That's what it literally means. He takes it from someone and puts it on Himself and takes it away. He takes away the sin of the world. In 1 Peter 2, verse 24, it says, He personally carried our sins in His body on the cross. He personally carried. He took it off and He carried it away. He took it off your sin, your past, what you did last summer, what you did last year, what you did when you were 14, what you did when you were 18. He took that off and He says He carried our sin in His body on the cross so that we could be dead to sin and live for what's right. Because by His wounds, you are healed. You are healed. And Jesus, as He would go along, He would... He would teach and he would do miracles and he'd heal people and he would, you know, multiply fish and bread. But then he would leave these little things, these little hints that imply that he's something more than than just a prophet. The last meal that he had with his disciples, the last supper we call it. What it really was was Passover. And Passover was a holiday that, that every Jew had been celebrating their entire life. They had been celebrating this holiday for 2,000 years. And what it symbolized was way back a long time ago, the Jews were slaves in Egypt. And God sent Moses, and Moses said, God said to tell you guys something. He's going to come. He's going to send a death angel. And everybody's like, what's a death angel? He's like, he's going to kill the firstborn of every house in Egypt. And they're like, wow, that's not good. He says, but I got a solution for you. You got to kill lamb and you take the blood and you paint it around the door frame and the death angel won't kill anyone in that house. Seems absurd. It seems crazy, but they said, okay, we'll go along with it. We'll do this. And so they did it. They killed the lamb. They put the blood around the door frame. The death angel came and hundreds if not thousands of firstborn children throughout Egypt were killed. But no one was killed in the homes of those that had painted the blood around the frame of the door. So on Passover, they would remember that. They would remember the blood that was shed by those lambs spared people in that home. They would remember that, and they would have several glasses of wine, and they would have bread, and they would have lamb that was cooked in a certain way. And then Jesus says the most offensive thing he could have probably said. He says, hey guys, You know, you've been having this holiday your whole life, right? Well, from now on, when you do this, I don't want you to think about a lamb from 2,000 years ago. I want you to think about me. Think about about my body, which is broken, and my blood. And they're like, what? I mean, let's put this into perspective. This is like I said, if I come and say, okay, guys, this year, Christmas... It's not about Jesus' birthday anymore. It's about my birthday, okay? So, so no Christmas carol. If you sing Christmas carol, you've got to change it to my name. We're going to be singing about Judah. You're going to bring me gifts. I mean, man, you'd be like, you know what? I'm not coming back next week. This guy's nuts. 
I mean, no, 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 seriously, guys, it's all about me. It's not about Jesus, it's about me. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's coming in and hijacking a holiday. He's saying, it's not about a lamb anymore. It's about me now. And they didn't understand it. And they must have been kind of confused by what he was doing. And, and they look at each other like, what do we do now? He's like, well, I don't know. He heals people. I saw him raise someone from the dead once. So I really don't care what he says. I'm going to hang out with him. Now, now these are the same guys, keep in mind, that abandoned him just a few hours later, okay? They were out of there. They all ran away. They weren't even fully believers yet. They didn't even fully believe that he was the Messiah yet. So then he's crucified. And he was whipped and he was beaten. And his blood flowed. And then they began to realize it's not about the blood of a lamb 2,000 years ago. It's about the blood of the lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. What can wash away my sin? You can't do it. You've tried. You've tried to clean up the mess. You've tried to fix it, but you can't. Alcohol doesn't fix it. Drugs don't fix it. Relationships don't fix it. And we try to get some things that will distract us from it, but we still feel it back there. What can, what can take off and carry away my sin? What can take off and carry away the things that have haunted me for so long? Nothing but the blood of your Savior, Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. Write this down. You don't have to forgive yourself for God to forgive you. Some people say, well, I just can't forgive myself. Okay? You don't have to forgive yourself. Or for God to forgive you. I have a good friend of mine, and that's one of the things that keeps him from church. He's like, I just can't come because I just can't forgive myself. I'm like, who cares if you can forgive yourself? Just come because God says he'll forgive you regardless of if you can forgive yourself. Our salvation, our forgiveness is not based on me, but it's based on him alone. Only one claim came and claimed that it wasn't about a system. Only one came and says, I am the solution. I am the way. What dead animals couldn't achieve, I can achieve. What doing good works can't ever accomplish, I alone can accomplish. I am, as arrogant as it may sound, the Lamb of God, the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. 1 John 1.7, it says, But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, it does what? It cleanses us from how much sin? From all sin. Even that thing that you did long, long time ago. Even that thing that you did last night. Even that thing you did last week. Even that party you went to you shouldn't have went to and you ended up doing things you shouldn't have done. Will he even forgive that? Yes, he says he will forgive all sin. So then what do I do with memories? That's the easy part. Because, because we say, oh, I, I still, what if I see that person again? Or what if I, what if I re remember that? Or if I'm in that place again and I think of those things that I did, that's the easy part. Because see, now those memories which now, they trigger guilt, they trigger shame, they trigger regret. We can build new 
mental memorials of those things from the past. And now those memories that trigger guilt and shame and regret can remind us of God's grace and God's forgiveness and God's unconditional, unfailing love. Man, those things, when you think about, oh, remember that thing I did? Oh, the devil comes and he brings these things back into your mind. Oh, I remember that. But I remember even more than that, that God has forgiven me through his mercy and grace and love. And I don't have to live in that anymore. Amen. You know, in Revelations 12, it calls the devil the accuser of followers of Christ, of Christians, of the brethren. He's the accuser. And this is a word that the Jewish rabbis literally gave to the devil, calling him an accuser. And the real word accuser here means a complainant. A complainant is literally one who comes into court and brings the accusation against you. And he's coming and he's accusing. And he's saying, remember when you did that? Remember when you did this? I saw you do this. And you're saying, there and you're listening because why you know everything he's saying is true and he's saying but i saw you do this and i saw you do that and he's accusing and he's accusing but we need to remember that even if we don't forgive ourselves, god will still forgive you and in romans 8 1 it says so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus, there is no condemnation. You're sitting in that courtroom and the devil's accusing and accusing and accusing and sweat is coming down your head because you know what he's saying is true. And then the judge rules you innocent. Gavel, boom, you're innocent, free to go. See, the devil is the accuser, but the judge finds you innocent. Innocent. You're free to leave. You can get up. You, you don't have to be in bondage anymore. But, but the accuser, but the accuser, who cares about the accuser? Amen. He's going to accuse all day long. And yeah, it might be true, but the judge has said, you are free to go. Amen. You don't have to carry it around anymore. You're carrying these weights around. You don't have to carry it around anymore. There's one that came, the Lamb of God, who comes to take off and carry away. The sins of the world. You don't have to earn your way out. You can't earn your way out if you tried. It's not a to-do list that commands you to say, if you check off all these things, maybe I'll think that you're right with me. No, that's not how it works. We just simply believe that when Jesus Christ died on that cross and shed His blood, He was doing it for my sin. You know, there aren't varying stages of forgiveness. And this holds people back. And for some of you, that have been going to church your whole life, for some of you that have called yourself a Christian for many years, if you listen to this, this can set you free from some stuff that's been holding you back. There aren't varying levels of forgiveness. It's either you're forgiven or you're not forgiven. It's one way or the other. And any guilt that we feel after we've been forgiven is self-inflicted. You hear what I'm saying? You say, oh, oh, well, I prayed, I, I confessed it to God, I asked Him to forgive me, but I still feel guilt, I still feel shame. Well, guess what? That guilt and that shame is something that you're just generating on your own. There's an accuser coming and you're believing what he's saying, but you're not believing what the truth is and that's God set you free because that guilt is now self-inflicted. Now we're just saying, oh, I'm going to take that and I still feel guilty. No, God has set you free. He's lifted it off and he's carried it away. And if God doesn't condemn you, who are you to condemn yourself? If God doesn't 
say, oh, you're guilty. Who are you to say you're guilty? He's saying you're innocent. You're not guilty. You're free to go. And have you received that forgiveness? Man, Abraham, he trusted God, and God counted that to him as righteousness. By Abraham simply trusting in God, by simply trusting, that's all he had to do. He had to trust, and God says, you now have a right relationship with me. And when we place our trust in Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed for us, we are given that right standing with God in that single act. If you're tired of carrying it around, it's time to let Jesus take it off and carry it away. And if you're convinced that when Jesus died, he died not just for the sins of the world and the sins of mankind, but he died specifically for you and for your sins, then it's time that we put our faith and trust in him. And now some of us, maybe it's a matter of taking that step initially, but some of you here, you've been calling yourself a follower of Christ, but there have been things in your past that you say, I just can't let go of it. I just can't forgive myself. Realize that you are forgiven. You are clean. You are pure before God. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the blood of Jesus. He sees an innocent person standing there. I remember it. Maybe you remember it, but God says he doesn't because he's taken that sin and he's separated as far as the east is. Let's pray together. And you know, in God's word, it says that if you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. So I just want to give everyone here the opportunity to, to let, let's make ourselves right with God. Let's confess to God. It's not a prayer or secret formula. It's just simply stating that Jesus is Lord. I realize nothing can wash away my sin but the blood of Jesus through him alone. Would you say this prayer with me? Dear God, I'm sorry for my sin. I meant to do it. But I know nothing can wash away my sin except the blood of your son Jesus. And I trust him that he is the Lord of my life. And I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name. Let's stand and sing about the freedom that God has given us. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.